You're listening to Car Chats for Busy Mums, a casual conversation for time-poor mums that helps you feel more connected and inspires you to make time for your own fun and personal well-being. I'm Kirsty Foster, Founder and Chief Connection Officer at Social Mums Club, a Brisbane-based social club for mums that want to make meaningful connections with other like-minded local mums. Every week, I'll be sharing a new chat, sometimes by myself and sometimes with special guests that I think you'll love listening to. So plug your phone into your CarPlay or pop in your earbuds and join me for this episode of Car Chats for Busy Mums, where we connect and inspire mums like you to make time for your own fun and personal well-being. Hi, it's Kirsty here, and today I'm talking to Jasmine, the Bayside doula. So Jasmine, tell us about all about what you do. Hello. Um, so I am a postpartum doula. So that means I support mothers in the first 12 months after they've given birth. So that includes helping them prep while they're pregnant to create a peaceful and joyful fourth trimester and beyond. And um, Jasmine's one of our Social Mums Club members. So I have been talking to her about all of this um, as she's, you know, been on her journey of setting up her business. And um, I just love, love, love the idea of a postpartum doula. And I wish that there was one around when I had babies. So I don't know. Is it a new sort of thing or am I just only just hearing about it now? Um, I think it is new and old, depending... Um depending where you live and the culture you live within. So I think, um, so our culture, like Western culture in the time that we live in, it's, it seems like it's a brand new thing and it's, you know, um, seems quite niche, but most cultures around the world have a really, um, comprehensive kind of postpartum care tradition. Mm -hmm many many cultures it's just the done thing yeah and you might they might have a name for someone like a postpartum doula um in their culture or it might just be family mm. but um yeah western cultures have have kind of forgotten really about how important the postpartum period is for mothers mm. and um and how much support is really needed yeah and if you're I think if you're um someone that's lucky enough to have family nearby when you have a baby or even just really really good friends you know um they sort of pick up that role of supporting you they might you know bring you food or they might just like you know hold the baby while you have a shower or whatever um but not everybody has that luxury right so if yeah if you've recently moved to a new town or um i don't know you, your family lives far away then then who you know who does that for you and it can feel quite isolating kind of yes um and it's is that it's, going to that, yeah it's, it's raining i'm just gonna shut the door everybody because it's raining okay it. okay um yeah it's it's Tricky as well, because even if you have family around, it's a real art form to take care of a new mum. So a lot of mums I speak to, part of a big part of the preparation side of things for your postpartum period is actually setting really strong boundaries with, mm -hmm. with family and friends. Um, so it's a, it's a kind of like a, um, I don't know, catch 22 that you you want the support mm. but it needs to be the right support mm. so um 
if you have a very close relationship with, say, a sister or a friend or a mother, they can be the, the best help ever. Um, the problem is, yep, yeah, like you say, most of us either don't have family close by, and, and close by in the world of postpartum care is like five minutes down the road. Mm. I think one thing I learnt um, during my experience having babies, I would go in for the, um, say, a midwife appointment, and the question would be posed, um, do you have family nearby? And I would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And they'd go, how close? I'd go, oh, a couple of hours away. Uh, yeah. Okay, but do you have family who live here? No, no, no. I mean, my sister's an hour away. Are you very close with your sister? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Like, and I couldn't get, I, I, I couldn't understand what they were asking. Mm. And in hindsight, I think back to all those questions and in their minds, they knew that was not going to be yeah. enough. Yeah. So unless you have someone who can come over at the, you know, a, the drop of a hat or that you wouldn't feel guilty bringing yeah. over that's that's key isn't yeah. it yeah yeah that guilt because i feel like when you when you have a baby it's just this especially if it's your first baby like any babies challenging but your first baby there's just so much happening like in your body but emotionally as well you've got you've obviously got the hormones but it's just such a huge ad- adaptation or you yeah. know a huge change to you as a person like suddenly you're responsible with this little thing and you know it's all on it feels like it's all on your shoulders and that's a lot of responsibility but also like just not being able to do the usual things that you would do to make yourself feel good as well as being sleep deprived there's just so much happening and if you put guilt on top of that it's just not healthy and it's not good for anyone and um yeah and I know exactly how you feel like sometimes like people go come like you say to to be helpful and you're so grateful but then you worry that you're not being a good host or that you're not I don't know doing enough for them and it's like that's actually not the time to be worrying about other people it's I feel like it's the one time you're allowed to be super selfish yes and it's not even selfish it's actually what you need it's just like self-care yeah but it, but it feels selfish but it's like the only time where I feel like you can be like this is all about me and I can't be thinking about anyone else. Like yep. I just need to focus on me and what I need and what my baby needs. And if you've got another toddler or child, what they need as well. And partner probably if you've got one as well. Because yes. they probably need someone too. Yeah. Yeah. That is like 100% I think what I have said to mums before. It is the one time in your life when it is all about you. And like our culture kind of thinks it's all about baby and yeah. we've really forgotten that it is actually all about mum yeah. because mum is taking care of the baby. Yeah. It's nobody else's job really. It is she needs to be in that little baby bubble, breastfeeding, feeding baby, um skin to skin, mm. just quiet, you know, um oxytocin filling time. So oxytocin's the love hormone and so for that to do its job, mums need, um, I, you know, I struggled to describe it outside of like bu- the bubble, mm. like an amazing, peaceful, just loved up little bubble. Yeah. And this is where a postpartum doula, I think, is just kind of perfect for where we're at in our society at the moment because it. It allows somebody to come in who knows what they're doing and how to care for mum and knows how to create that like calm environment. But the, the, the professional boundary is really helpful because mm. 
if you're a woman and you have paid for a service, mm. then you don't have to feel guilty. Yeah. And you know you don't owe that woman anything because you've already paid her. Yeah. Yeah. So you can let go of the, oh, do you need a cup of tea kind yeah. of yeah. mentality. You can just say, hi, yeah, you're here to take care of me and sit back and enjoy what yeah, what you paid for. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, um, I look in, in a perfect, um, world, we would all have that kind of relationship and mentality with our, the females in our lives, mm -hmm. like the, you know, the wise women, the elders, the friends, but we just don't at the moment. Mm -hmm. And so a postpartum doula kind of fills that gap. Yeah. Yeah. And especially since, um, like I know, my parents still work. So like, you know, even if they lived, they didn't live in the same mm. city as me, but even if they did, they would, you know, they might be able to take a little bit of time off to help, but then they are back at work. Partners eventually have to go back at work and then sort of mums are sort of left on their own and you don't want to ask because you don't want to bother other people. And, and then you start to think, um, I should be able to do this by myself. You know, I'm a mum. I should be able, but there's nothing wrong with getting support, you know? And like, yeah. rather than saying I should, it's kind of like, how can I enjoy this more? Because this is like, you don't get to do it very often. If, if having a doula can help you enjoy it, gosh, I, I would pay anything for that. Like just yes. to get, yeah, make the most of the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is such a like a beautiful way to look at it. And I think I, I post about it a lot that that we don't have to um, kind of prove that we deserve all these words like mm. that you deserve the help kind of implies you did enough to get it. Yeah. But it's like it's your right to mm. the support. Um, we see it as something that would be a, yeah, a nice to have mm. when it's really a necessity mm. and, it's, and, it, and it should be automatic. Mm -hmm. It should be the default. Um, but yeah, what you were saying about your parents is just, it is so funny because like, um, I often visualize this perfect scenario, the retired mm. grandmother is, you know, in your space and has the level of flexibility to come and go mm. and, you know, not like my mum two hours away, she had to sleep over. Mm. So that was hard for the family dynamic. It, mm. It's something, it's an extra thing to kind of figure out and, and even about. just making up a bed like, yes. <laughs> it's like that. having a having yeah, a yeah clearing a space yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly you don't have one for sure yeah so so that perfect scenario rarely exists mm. where the grandmother can come and go um take the toddler to the park mm. on a whim mm. we just don't have that flexibility mm. yeah. yeah and because you know retirement age is getting later and later and i don't know it's just things are yes. different and people are having children later and later i don't know yeah. It's just everything, yeah. And it, like everyone says, oh, you need the village. Yes, in an ideal world we would. But unfortunately mm. we don't all have it. So, yeah, it's just so yeah. awesome that there are other ways that you can create your own village these days. So so obviously having a postpartum doula is one way you can help when you have a newborn. But also groups like Social Mums Club. Mm. You know, you can meet people that you just connect with and they can be your support people because they know what it's like and... Yeah, especially yeah. if they're other mums and they've been through things, they can yeah they can help you out and and generally mums are a bit more flexible anyway because they have to be for their own children. So yeah, so whatever I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is whatever way you can create that support, whether it be a postpartum doula, whether it be through friends, whether it be through your family, then you know treat it like a necessity, not a nice to have because 
in those yeah in those in that fourth trimester there's a lot a lot happening yeah 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 and i think women um i would like women to understand the difference between say you know the village that this idea of of the people who kind of visit and say bring a meal and it's like mm. that's fantastic and mm-hmm. i wouldn't you know look a gift horse in the mouth on that but it but those kind of yeah relationships where you can ask for more mm. like can you come over can you bring a meal but also could you you know fold that pile of washing yeah or um or kind of, I don't know, it's a, maybe a bit more nuanced where it's um, just kind of being in the zone of what a mother needs. So, yeah. so a mum who's been there before may mm. be the perfect person. A yeah. mother whose kids are already, say, five or eight, they might be the ones that actually go, are your feet cold? Do you want, mm. do you want me to get you a pair of socks? Yeah, yeah. Whereas the friends who are your age and are either in it with you and are just so like yeah. have no idea what's going on for themselves either, yeah. or if you're one of the first to have babies yeah. and your friends are, are your single childless friends, they're just yeah. It more often than not they're not tapped in mm. to the. They'll be well meaning, but they just won't know what you need, right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so it's that kind of um, one step further than the one-off meal mm. or and do you know, know about the meal i again i love it that's such a nice gesture but i found when i had meals brought to me everyone brought me their in their dish and i actually mm-hmm. found it stressful because i'm like i've got to return the dish and, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? and i found that quite yes. like overwhelming i'm like i've got these i've got 10 dishes now that i have to go and drop off to 10 different people and how am i going to fit that into my like so yeah. so either say i'll be back at this point to pick up yes. the dish or put it in something you can keep or res- like something that you can recycle or whatever because like i just it's yeah. a lovely gesture but if it adds a job at the, at the end of it then yeah. it kind of takes away from the gesture <laughs> yes yes yeah. nothing that you do or give to do for or give to a new mum should add a job yeah yeah ever yeah yeah it's why like you know um i often hear about people sending thank you cards and i just think what yeah if you have to send a thank you card then it wasn't a gift yeah it was a job (laughs) you know that's just not fair yeah yeah and and the other thing about the like bringing a meal is is um you know traditionally but not traditionally you know but traditionally in what we know like what our generation knows of of babies being born is that a baby is born you you are obligated to visit that's Mm. the sign of respect that you visit Mm. um and you might yeah yeah bring a baby gift um you might bring a meal but you you sit and you stay for an hour Mm. or two and like before i had kids that's what i saw as a sign of respect Mm. if you didn't go and visit those new parents then Mm. you're actually letting them down yeah then I had babies and I was like, oh, oh this is awful. <laughs> I'm sick of playing host. Yeah. So, like, allowing yourself to drop off the meal and get back in the car and mm. text and say, you know, hey, mama, I've, there's a meal at your door. It's it's in a little esky case, so yeah. no rush. Yeah. Um, or letting them know, I'll be dropping off a meal today mm. and I'll not, but I will not come in. Yeah. It is fine. Yeah. And kind of asserting that can be a, such a favor for the mum because you've said, 
I'm not coming in. Yeah. Then she is free. She will always feel free to say, you can come in. Yeah. If she really wants a visitor. Yeah. Because you, yeah, because you don't know. She might be like, you know, going, I need to talk to another adult. And if yeah. I don't know, you know, and so that might be a good thing. But equally, she might be having a terrible day and just doesn't want to have to yeah. brush her hair and, you know, whatever else. And, yeah. Or quickly go around. You probably feel like to go around and clean up the house as oh, well. And I yeah. have clients that still do that, that yeah. will clean up before I get there. Oh, oh, no, this is part of my job yeah. to actually help you do the tasks around the house. And yeah. I want to walk into a messy house of a new mum, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it must be a game changer as well if they've got a toddler or a preschooler, like knowing that they, like, you're obviously going to help with that toddler or preschooler as well. And like, even if it's just getting, yeah. like, setting them up with an activity or do you do yeah. that as well as part of your service? Yeah. So, um, that's definitely part of my job. And, um, I had one client who's like, the kids were all school age, but I, my visits would coincide with them getting home from school. And so part of that was just chatting to them mm. and still doing what I was doing, preparing meals. But, you know, it was a novelty for them seeing somebody else in their house. And mm. that gave the mum a bit of reprieve. If she was breastfeeding mm. over in the corner, she didn't actually have to kind of get up out of her chair, mm. greet the kids as kind of enthusiastically. Yeah. <laughs> I did that for her, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they could be like, oh, I guess here comes the yeah, next hard yeah, part of the day. Comes. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get that. Oh, yeah. it's just so lovely that you, you're there for people. And um, just, is there anything else that you wanted to, like, wanted mums to know? Like, oh, this is a tough oh, question. so much. Yeah, there's so, like, if, yeah, just to, I don't know, just to take the pressure off mums. Like, not even a new mum, just any mum. Like, mm. if we're thinking about looking after mums and, yeah, yeah, improving their lives, like, what do you, what's your words of wisdom? Hmm. Well... I recently, so when I first started my business, I said I'll work with mums for the fourth trimester, so the first three months um, out of childbirth, and um, that was what I trained for. Mm. And it was actually when a, a, a mutual friend bought a postpartum package for um, her friend who was eight months postpartum that I kind of realised that... Yeah, I needed probably the most help after that first three months um, when I had my babies. And so this kind of changed the game a little bit for me. Um, she was a sleep-deprived mum where the sleep deprivation had started to affect the whole life. And I went through that with my first and it was just this like, oh my gosh, I have to help her. Mm. So this is why now I really... I, I want to focus on the first 12 months and I want to offer my services to mums. So while I'm a postpartum doula, postpartum is forever, mm, true. you know, and every stage has new challenges. And so I support mums now with, to uh, you know, essentially toddlers, you know, nine month olds mm. who aren't sleeping and that depletion mm. has really started mm. to take its toll. And I think what, helps mums the most like I have I do a lot of practical stuff I go in I cook I clean um whole baby these kind of you know making mum food making her cups of tea um but I think what I gather is the biggest help is actually the validation mm -hmm. and I think a lot of mums haven't heard someone say to them like yeah you know, other mums experience that too. Mm. And not downplaying it as in like, oh, that's just normal. You just yeah. go with it. But yeah. it's really, really hard. Yeah. 
and I totally get what you're saying. I've felt that at times too. It is really, really hard. What you're going through is hard and how you feel about it is valid. Mm. And if you are thinking it, chances are there is another mum or a thousand other mums mm. having that same thought. Yeah. We experience so much guilt and shame as mums. Mm. And I think what I'm seeing is anxiety, postpartum anxiety mm. is becoming a really huge problem. The, that, um, what do they say? Taipei personality, perfectionist, um, anxious, want to get things right. Mm. There is no right though. No, there is no <laughs> right. And, it's, and so from what yeah. with motherhood, yeah. where not only did you already want to get things right and you read all the books mm. and you think there's a right, but yeah. there isn't. Yeah. And you think there's a success, but there isn't. Mm. But now you actually are doing that. You're motivated because you want to do that for your little baby. Mm. You want your baby's life to be the best it possibly can be. Yeah. And this happened for me, this kind of snowball effect of I will read the books mm. because I will get better at it and I will be the best mum mm. and then my child will have the best life. And the anxiety that builds um, and it feels so awful. Mm. And so a lot of mums Because you're just never going to meet that expectation. No. So every day you felt like a failure. Yeah. When, when you've set that expectation on yourself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And... A lot of moms just want to hear like, hey, that, that happens. That's actually really common. Mm. Um, and everything you're feeling is so valid because, mm. you know, yeah, of course that's going to happen. We value parenting. We value motherhood. So naturally you're going to mm. try really hard. Yeah. And sometimes all it takes is that, mm. is, the, is the mother to just breathe a sigh of relief and go like, oh, okay, so like mm. I'm not... I'm not the only weirdo doing this. Mm, like, I'm yeah. you know? And because there's so many other, like, professionals that are well-meaning, like the, you know, the ones that weigh your baby and, you know, mm-hmm. check or do all the checks. They, they're there to keep your baby safe. And so I acknowledge that. But you off, I know as a mum, and I've spoken to so many other mums that come away from those appointments feeling like utter rubbish. Just yeah. like, I'm not feeding properly, my baby's not putting enough weight on, not sleep, like, whatever yeah. it is. And they just, yeah. and then they go, it must have been me. I'm a bad mum. Mm-hmm. The amount of times people have said to me, I'm a bad mum because, and it, mm. and it's not just, it doesn't stop with a newborn either. Like, I'm a bad mum because I'm not, you know, my kid's not doing enough activities. Or I'm oh. a bad mum because, and I'm like, I just yeah. want to like, there's no more bad mums. Like, we're just like, everyone's doing their best. Yeah. And, <laughs> so. uh, yeah, and I say basically, if you're thinking about, being a bad mum, mm. then you're probably a really good mum. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> bad mums, actual bad mums, are not, they don't, yeah. they're not thinking that. They're yeah. just like, oh, I don't do my thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the byproduct of caring about your baby and taking it seriously, like the, we talk about conscious parenting, gentle parenting, aware parenting. It really, I just think it all comes under mothers who take their job seriously. Mm. But the byproduct of that is, yeah, a, a lot of anxiety, a lot of I'm not good enough, a lot of, mm. a lot of I'm a bad mum. And I guess uh, that's, I think, one of the, the biggest things I'd like to take off mother's shoulders is, is that mm. and, and that they are good enough already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. take away that kind of anxiety and that pressure, the shame and the guilt. Mm. And then... From there, like actually learning to receive the support, mm. allowing and, yourself yeah, to do it, yeah, and enjoying it, 
like gosh mm. <laughs> imagine that imagine if we all really enjoyed mm. the first 12 months yeah. of having babies do you know i enjoyed my third baby um <laughs> i want to say the first two i was the first one i was so i was like what you said like yeah. that anxiety thing i was so strict about books and routines and and like i saw someone the other day at a social mum's catch up and her baby was sleeping on her and i was like oh and then i thought to myself i didn't allow myself to do that mm. with my first because I was like, well, once he sleeps on me, then he's not, you know, then he's not going to have the routine. And then he will want a daughter. And like, I, like, and I was just like, like, that's re- actually ridiculous. But I didn't have a support person. Yeah. Like, I, all I knew was books. I yes. didn't know anyone that had a baby. My, uh, all our parents lived in other yeah. cities. So all I had was books. And the book said that. So that's what I, that's what I did. Yeah. And it wasn't until my third that I went, you know what? I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to go with my gut here. And I had so many more baby cuddles. And I, and, and. I breastfeeding wasn't going well I just had the confidence to say you know what I'm just going to do formula yeah. and I just actually enjoyed it and it was magical and it was the beautiful thing that you read about in books but yeah. I think I had prevented myself from enjoying it with my own yes. standards and anxiety and yeah yeah and being too book focused mm. yes and and you know on that whole like reading the books and reading the information and now Instagram's probably and just now like social huge. media, yeah, exactly. And so what I make sure people know is that research takes an average of seventeen years to mm. reach mainstream policy. Wow, yeah. So that is why everything we are being told to do, we need to take it with a grain of salt and try really hard it's so hard but try to lean into your intuition more Mm. um try and go with your gut what your gut's telling you and seeing it all from a much more holistic perspective like Mm. like you say we weigh baby what you know how much is baby gaining therefore i need to do blah 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 but rather taking it a broader perspective and how does mum feel Mm. What does mum want? Mm. You know, does mum want to keep breastfeeding? Mm. Or that question doesn't even get asked. Mm. Mm. Do you want to breastfeed? Mm. Because sometimes the answer is yes. Okay, well, let's, I'm going to help you. Rather than you have to, and if you don't, yeah, bad mum. Like that's the message you get. Exactly. You're either getting the, you know, breast is best um, kind of teaching and you're feeling insanely anxious about it and it's or the other end of the spectrum is mothers who are really passionate about breastfeeding they go to the gp and the gp just says you know what fed is best just let's do formula <laughs> and so then because you know gps are really they they are really conscious of of mm. offending mothers and stressing mothers out but the question isn't being asked of the mother mm. do you want to breastfeed yeah yeah <laughs> so Broadening the perspective, including mother in on all of those decisions and not just about the baby because mm. without mum, there is no baby. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and leaning into it, into your intuition and just understanding that be- just because it's in a book or just because even a midwife says it, mm. an obstetrician, yeah. a child health nurse, it, it actually doesn't mean it's what the current research is showing yeah. us. And, and so, it doesn't, yeah, yeah and... You, yeah, you say you know your baby best. Yeah. And like, um, how many times have you heard people say, I went to the doctor because I knew something was wrong and they said, it's fine, but I, I, I trusted my gut, yeah. so I kept persisting and turns out, and nothing against doctors, I think they do an amazing job, but I just, it's just an example of 
the mother's intuition is mm-hmm. very, very strong. And if like you say, if you can tap into it and listen to it, um, yeah. And then don't, don't stop until you, till you find someone, a professional yep. that can help you. Then yes. like, yeah, amazing. Yeah. And sometimes, um, mums don't even, aren't even aware of the types of professionals that can help them. Mm, yeah. So for example, um, like I, I think it's safe to say that most mums would think if they saw a lactation consultant, mm. then that is that box ticked. And I saw a lactation consultant and we couldn't fix the problems. And so yep. full stop. A lactation consultant isn't a protected title. So anyone can call themselves a lactation consultant. You don't, they don't necessarily have to keep up a high standard of professional development. Mm. There are plenty of amazing lactation consultants, but just to know that, mm. whereas an international board certified lactation consultant, IBCLC, that is a protected title. It requires just so much training, um, recertification. So if you have an issue with breastfeeding, and you know it's not quite right and you want to keep breastfeeding, then keep going mm. until you see yeah, the person that is the most qualified to help you. Yeah. And it would be the same with um, child development issues. You know, you don't stop at the child health nurse. Mm. If you know something's not quite right, mm. you get referrals to the pediatrician. And yeah, yeah it's like, like you said at the start, there's just so much mm. going on. Yeah. And the fact that we as a society, as a culture, um, don't even have, like, postpartum doulas aren't the norm. Mm. The fact that there isn't somebody, by default, helping guide you through all of this, mm. like, it just, it's, yeah, it baffles me. Once once you learn, the more you learn, the more you're like, oh, my gosh, yeah. how is this not a mainstream thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, thankfully, yeah. we have you. <laughs> and, there's, and there's other people like you around as well. So, like, you're obviously yes. the Bayside doula, but there's other um, postpartum doulas yep. if someone's listening to us and don't live in Bayside. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so. I've heard it. Uh, um, I've heard it called a mother's helper. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of, um, yeah, if you're not sure what a doula does, and but you've heard of a mother's helper, that would be similar. Yeah, yeah. So if anyone listening to this is based, like, as obviously most of our <laughs> most of our people are, so how can they get in touch with you? What's the easiest way to find out more about you? Uh, so my website is thebaysidedoula.com. My, um, Instagram handle is at thebaysidedoula, Facebook at thebaysidedoula. So nice and easy. Um, all my contact details are on all my socials and my website. Yeah. And I encourage mums to get in touch in just whatever way they're comfortable with. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a phone call. It can be a text message. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And you can find out about all the information because I'm sure you'll have lots of questions <laughs> about how it could work for you in particular. But thank you so much, Jasmine, for coming and talking to us today. And um, yeah, I, I I always love talking to you, and I just I like I just we bounce off each other and get so passionate about helping mums, and it's, yeah, it's it's awesome. So I'm sure we'll be talking again. Yeah. But yeah, thanks again. Thank you for having me. Okay.